0: Chapter 8, Closing In Lachalith Paledust turned angrily, staring at the tunnel entrance. A shaft of light poured down through the dusty haze. It was much cooler and more comfortable in the tunnel, and far safer than remaining above ground. The unknown protectors of the forest might spot them there. Unfortunately, he had to deal with the witch.
1: Have Dithkinir and his assassins returned with the head of the ninja?
0: He asked in the dark elven tongue.
1: What were Evildrath's orders if this happened, witch?
0: The raptor beneath him seemed to be getting hungry. It was squirming, pulling at the reins every few moments. Before long, Lacalith would have to take his riders out to hunt some of the local prey. Lacalith's tunnel raptor riders were some of the best raiders in Evildrath's band. Evildrath had sent his dark elves to the island with the witch, and Dithkinir and his assassins. Lachalith was there for backup in case anything went wrong, or the area proved to be too dangerous. So far, several of the others had turned up in the woods dead with arrows in them. Dithkinir and the other assassins had disappeared, and things had definitely begun to go wrong. Kithria leaned on her skull-carved staff, eyeing him from beneath her white wisps of hair.
1: I don't want to know what Evil Drath will do to you if we fail, Lakalith. There were no instructions for failure.
0: She licked her soft lips and seemed to be considering her orders.
1: Far too much time has passed. Take your riders out and see if you can uncover the whereabouts of Dithkinir's assassins.
2: As always, keep yourselves well hidden and quiet. And if you do see anyone, ensure they cannot tell the tale of wandering Thalui.
0: Lacolith motioned to his riders. With eager zeal, they followed quickly behind, out into the easing forest, running, springing over fallen trees and tearing through bramble. Their mail covered their legs to protect them, and the raptors' hides were thickly shale. Neither thorn nor sharp rock hindered them. Lacolith watched the area before him with a keen eye. The raptors could easily take off at the sight of prey. At last, they found Robin's Road. Signs of travelers came through the thick wood from the west, joining up with the road itself. Further up the lane, they spotted more footprints that went toward Centerland. The rest of the road was still bare this far out from the city, save for hoof prints and wagon ruts. With no other tracks to work with, Lachalith ordered his riders to split into two groups.
1: Lieutenant, follow the trail toward the city, but don't approach it, he ordered. I don't want any disturbances from the Yeezyns. If you see any sign of the ninja or Tithkadir's assassins, you know what to do. If you find nothing, return to the tunnels before
0: dark. His lieutenant nodded and signaled several others to follow him north. Then Lakalith turned and drove his mount westward into the deep of the wood with several of his riders behind him. Nearly an hour passed while he and his kin searched through the wood before they came to a hint of any real scent. It continued to lead away from the city, back southwestward. They didn't stop to rest. The raptors bore them with little effort. They eventually broke from the wood into a clearing where a large wooden cabin sat with smoke wafting from its chimney. The day had drawn to its midpoint. Lacalith's riders dismounted their raptors and drank from their flasks. They tied their creatures as best they could to a great round birch tree at the edge of the clearing. Daylight was discomforting to the dark elven eyes and skin, and at that moment, Lakalith cursed Kithria for sending them out. Still, he decided they'd best make a plan to scour the entire area.
1: Spread out in all directions. Search about for whatever can be found. You, come with me.
0: His minions spiraled away, and Lacalith turned to the remaining Dark Elf.
1: We'll explore the structure. There may be occupants. A fire still burns there. I can smell
0: the smoke, said the Dark Elf.
1: I seriously hope our prey is inside. I haven't spilled any blood for days. My hands ache for it.
0: Lachalith came to the door, his riders just behind him. It was thick and sturdy, but Lachalith burst the locking hinge with a crash. Inside, the final embers burned in the fireplace, casting a gentle glow against the walls of the cabin. But no one was there. Lacalith checked the other rooms, his dark blade drawn. He was ready for whatever might lurk in the wooden houses. It was empty. Lacalith's temper flared. Things were not proceeding as planned, and it seemed their own assassins were the weak link in the great plans of the Dragon Army.
1: Where has the ninja gone?
0: He asked himself aloud.
1: And where in the name of all that dwells beneath has Dithkinir gotten off to? Lachaleth, they found something.
0: The Dark Elf standing at the door called. Lachaleth kicked (sighs) embers across the floor from the fireplace, and the pair left the cabin, marching into the bright sun once more. He held his hand above his eyes, trying to ignore the spots. Several of the others had approached the cabin now, and one of them held an arrow fletched with dark, emerald green feathers. Sir. Said another rider. We've discovered the bodies of Galanis and Uthik a short
1: way into the wood. Shafts in them, the same as those hailing from the unknown woodsmen.
0: Lackalith ground his teeth in utter shock.
1: What's happened here? Damn all that walks the surface!
0: Turning, he threw one of his daggers into a nearby tree. Things were definitely not going as planned. No. In fact, they were going horribly wrong. Who could have possibly defeated Dithkinir's assassins?
1: We're dealing with more than we've bargained for,
0: he realized. It wasn't long before Dithkinir was discovered in the woods, as well as three others who'd snuck off. Lakalith felt little at the loss of these three. They'd always been thorns in his side, murdering thieving thugs who rarely obeyed orders. Yet it was still a loss. When the bodies had been recovered and buried, the Dark Elves mounted up and departed. Nachalith could smell the smoke wafting out from the inside of the cabin now, more heavy and thick than before. He felt a small amount of soothing pleasure as he caught the scent of the burning cabin. But nothing could ease the hatred he was feeling inside for whoever had done this to his kin. As they reached Robins Road, there was no sign of his Lieutenant's Riders yet. They were probably near Centerland by now. Perhaps he'd bring back more news of what had happened. In any case, it was time to return to Kithria and decide their next course of action. If there were no assassins left to kill the ninja, then their turn had come. They'd have to make an all out attack against him. As Kithria had said, there were no instructions for failure.
2: Straven, look!
0: Tartara called back. They'd quickly departed the Mint Hippogriff and its unwelcome company. Below and behind her, Streven and Jaffreen ran as fast as their legs could carry them on the ground. Tatara knew how much Streven hated all-out sprints. Despite his great skill with the bow and his many other gifts, Streven was rather on the husky side. He lagged behind Jaffreen by several paces. A squad of Dark Knights, twelve of them, barreled around the corner of the pub and pursuit of the trio. Several of the knights mounted black, armor-clad steeds that stood at the trough outside, others just kept coming on foot. Tartara slowed and came up near Straven and Jaffreen's ears. Seeing the dark knight, Calvary gave her an idea.
2: Make for Furpaloop's stables!
0: She darted down a side street, heading for a pin of horses outside a large brown building. Running as fleet as their legs allowed, her friends followed. Across another side street, they approached the Centerland stables. Tartara darted into the corral and heard Striven huffing behind. He hurled his bulk over the fence as Jaffreen vaulted over in a swirl of green robes. Tartara snickered, but cut it short with a gasp. The Dark Knights weren't far behind, and the gap between them reduced quickly. Tartara was familiar with most of the inhabitants of Senderlin. They often came there to gather supplies they couldn't find in the forest, or stop by the Mint Hippogriff for a drink. Felup Goodfolk was as wealthy as anyone on the island, and his stables kept some of the finest horses one might ever see. She could outfly these dark knights and disappear easily enough, but Felup was going to do a favor for Striven and Jafreen today, though he wouldn't realize it for a while. Jafreen leapt to the back of one of the horses, swift as a bird.
2: Or oh, Felup will not be happy to Tata.
0: He's gonna lay a break is what he'll do, huffed Struven. Leather creaked as he swung his leg up on one of the only horses that had been saddled. So is whoever was going to pick this one up today. He patted the steed's neck. Tatara smiled.
2: Serves him right.
1: No worries though, we'll send him back.
0: Then she darted over the opposite gate. Rising into the air on the Cloud Racer, Turim felt strangely at home again. At the same time though, he felt a physical uneasiness. The ship swayed and jerked in a horribly unnerving way. His stomach wobbled, but he set his jaw and grasped the railing along the port side of the deck. He missed thunderclap. Toward the ship's stern stood Meinecken, completely undaunted by the machine they flew upon. He also showed no concern at the heights they were steadily climbing towards. In fact, Meinecken gazed at a strange weapon at the edge of the deck. It looked like a crossbow, but on a greater scale, and stood atop a mounting that swiveled. Had she made that too? Sinfa, what's this manner of weapon? He asked.
2: Ah, that's a device better than the dwarves' cannons,
0: she explained.
2: I call them bow guns. Some people call them ballistae.
0: However, at that moment she was clearly more concerned with piloting the airship. She held the wheel tightly, occasionally pulling at several levers around it. When the ship began to move smoother as they reached the low clouds, she eased her grip and spoke again.
2: Cannons are far too difficult to aim at airborne targets, unless they move slowly. The bowgun fires bolts twice your size, Kipkin. Black powder is also costly. And to tell you the truth, I don't much like the way it smells.
0: Mannequin seemed to be satisfied with that answer. He approached and leaned on the ship's railing next to Turon. Below, they could see Sunderland fading away, swallowed by the blanket of forest.
3: I did not think we'd make it off the island so soon, said Minekin. But I'm glad we have. I hope the other masters are okay.
0: Turm couldn't blame him. Meineken had lost his kinsmen there, and the island seemed full of evil and hateful enemies. What had happened to this place since his visit so long ago with Sand?
3: Other masters? he asked. What other masters? Of the Black Talon?
0: We are four. Meineken paused, then pointed over the edge. The Dark Knights go swiftly along Robin's road. I wonder if they're after us. He was probably right, but Turin began to monitor them anyway. It was difficult to spy the lane through the trees, but maybe he could see where they went. He still didn't know exactly where they'd come from. However, as he cast his eyes further down the way, he saw what he feared most. His breath caught. Oh no, he said. They're after the rangers. Come on, we have to help. He whirled, shouting out to Simfa.
3: Please, take us down to the treetops! The rangers are in trouble!
0: Can we make use of your contraptions?" Simpha looked over her shoulder, her face annoyed.
3: If you take
2: care of your words in the future and don't refer to my machines as contraptions, then fine.
0: My apologies. Term smiled at how touchy she was about her inventions. I give you my vow. He and Minakin ran for the bowguns, going to opposite sides of the airship. While they both tested their thoughts on how the machines might function, Simpha worked her levers quickly. The cloud racer began a slow descent. Commander Grydorantz, called Minekin, gripping the bowgun.
3: Can you see what's there beyond the rangers? I see figures, but I can't tell if they're friend or foe. They're too far off.
0: Term looked as far as his eyes could see. Between the scattered branches, he discerned three large mounts. They had riders on their backs. Straining, his focus cleared, and he saw a dreadful thing
3: beasts, the likes of which
0: I've never seen, he shouted. Minokin leaned over the rail, dangerously far. He was trying to see better, apparently.
3: Tunnel raptors, The Dark Elves mounts. I've seen them on the plains of Sirik back home. They're vicious.
0: That's not all, said Teron. Wide, deep trenches scarred the road. They'd obviously been put there to block someone's progress. The raptors looked like more than a match for unwary riders, and he didn't want to think about what the Dark Knights would do to them if they caught them. Sinfar! He yelled to her again.
3: The Dark Knights behind
0: them aren't nearly as bad as what's in front of them. Dark elves and raptors block
3: the road. We have to take them down before they reach the ranges.
2: Ah! Knight! You try my patience!
0: She called back over the low whirring of the airship's propellers.
2: Will you make a plan and keep its course?
0: For a second, she didn't say anything. Turin wondered if she wasn't going to do what he'd asked. Then she shouted,
2: Make your shots true by leading your target. The speed of this ship will stray the bolt if you don't. I'll come at them as straight as the Cloud Racer will let me. There are dark nights on our island.
0: Jaffreen called as she rode. Totara didn't think it was time to discuss it. Yes! She shouted.
2: Ride harder! We're pulling away from them!
0: Maybe they got off in health, suggested Streven. Totara barely heard him. She looked up to see the darkness looming over her. The airship came in fast above the trees. With some curiosity and some fear, she left her two companions and flew to its bow, hoping to see what lay upon its deck. She had only one idea who it might be. She'd never seen another flying ship. No one had. When she saw Simpha, and that she had Turim with her, she was relieved. She flew to Turim and gave him a great hug around his arm. why do he have to be so big?
1: You're safe!
0: She cried aloud. Then she flew over to Simpha.
2: And it's good to see you in action again.
0: Simpha's eyes remained fixed on her flight.
2: I've been looking for Opportunity's window.
0: She returned sharply.
2: These two came to the pub needing travel overseas, and it seems my airship will be of use. And don't talk to me about taking action. I've done my share.
0: Simpha seemed a little touchy at that. Tartara still smiled, glad she was there, and glad the Cloud Racer was out again.
3: It seems we're witness to a reunion of old friends.
0: Term grinned at another darkly clad fellow, significantly shorter. Tatara beamed at Term again, fluttering up to him. When his smile fell, she asked,
1: What's wrong?
0: The Dark n-. He began, but Tatara cut him off.
2: Ah, uh, we'll escape these Dark Knights. All the rangers on the island are skilled horsemen. Don't worry about that.
0: But Term didn't look appeased.
2: What's bothering you? She asked. It's something else.
0: Term folded his arms. Along the road are dark elves
3: and raptors from the tunnels beneath the earth. Or so my new friend, Master Shadowstar, has
0: told me. He indicated Minakin on the other side of the ship.
3: They've made a stop to your journey in the road ahead. You need to tell Straven and Jafreen. Tell them to make a stand against the dragon army until we can dispose of the raptors ourselves. We'll try to help you after that.
0: Tatara nodded, admiring Term's quick thinking. With understanding and determination, she drew her thorn daggers. Thank you for your
3: help in the pub, my little friend, said Durham. It's our turn to return the favor, if we can.
2: Tit for tat, I guess,
0: said Tartar. Stay safe! Then she darted overboard, racing through the air toward her two companions. Below, on the road, the gap between the cavalry and the fleeing rangers had shrunk while she was away. Still, a gap remained, and that was a relief. With the wind in her face, she came up beside Jafreen and Straven, telling them about their perils.
2: But we can't ride through the wood,
0: said Jaffreen, her forehead wet with perspiration.
2: We wouldn't get far. It's too thick and full of bramble in this part. And who is it that told you all this? Who's up there?
0: She was breathing heavily as she rode, and Tartara's news had clearly troubled her.
2: It's Sinfa Songbird,
0: explained Tartara quickly.
2: Well, of course. But who else? Turim, the night we met a
1: few days ago by dwelling hearth and in the pub, he's with her. There's also a Kithkin. kid. They've seen up ahead. There are Dark Elves on Tunnel raptors waiting for us. The three of us alone can't stop them. Not with the Dark Knights approaching from the rear.
0: She continued.
1: We have to halt and make a stand while Sinfa and the others deal with the Dark Elves.
0: After her explanation, she was breathing fast now. Totara knew that Striven had silently taken a liking to Turum. After they'd left him a few nights before, all Striven talked about was how Term had jumped in front of him, deflecting the Dark Elves' sword. It had reminded him of an elf he'd once been friends with. She looked over to see him taking a deep breath. That usually meant he was gathering his courage. If Turim says so, then so it is. Let's dismount then. And prepare for a fight! shouted Straven. Slowing his horse, he raised his hand to the longbow on his back, then swung down from his steed. Above, the strings of the bowguns grew taut as Term and Minekin turned the great weapon's cranks. They loaded the bowguns with long bolts they'd found stored in wooden boxes fixed at the side of each weapon. The Cloud Racer sped forward faster now, its wood creaking and shaking with vibrations. Term was nervous. The shuddering kept up, but he put thought of crashing to the trees aside for the moment. His target drew within sight.
3: I'll take the raptor on the right, he said. You have the left, Master Shadowstar.
0: Without words, the ninja fired off his first bolt. Its aim was true, the shot found its mark in the creature. The airship roared above the remaining dark elf raiders. Term let his bolt fly and it also struck home, impaling the foul elf and pinned both he and his mount to the ground with great force and untamed speed. It was only moments before the Cloud Racer flew out of range again, forcing Term and Minekin to reload and wait. The ship shuddered and hummed as it sped forward.
3: Sinfa, turn the airship!
0: Shouted Turim, aggravated at its lack of maneuverability. He'd take Thunderclap over it any day.
3: Faster! The raptor's heading for the rangers. We might not be able to reach them! I'm doing my best!
0: She replied, waving her arm at him.
3: But an airship can't come about
2: any faster than a sea ship, Commander. You'll have to wait!
0: Back on the ground, Steven and Jeffrey sent their horses back towards the village. Tartara chewed on the tip of her thorn dagger, nervously preparing for the Dark Knight's attack. She was having a hard time keeping still. On either side of them were high hedges of sharp bramble. Beyond them, great oaks bent their long branches over the road, reaching for one another as though it had cruelly separated them. It wouldn't be more than a few minutes before the soldiers rounded the bend. Hiding in the bramble would only get rid of the small advantage they had against them. Streven stood several arrows in the earth around him for easy plucking and firing, while Jafreen sat cross-legged in the lane. Tatara kept circling around the pair, waiting for the Dark Knights to come into view. The ominous thundering of hooves marked the Knight's approach. Tatara watched Streven take aim. His first shot hit its mark, his powerful longbow sending the arrow straight through the chest of the Dark Knight. It knocked him from his mount, dead. Another found home in the shoulder and he showed the next rider, felling him. But onward they came, unyielding to a few simple rangers and the loss of but two of their own warriors. Tatara sniffed and looked down as Jaffreen completed her muttering, spurning a small piece of pitch. The druid raised her arm and dropped three leaves, one of maple, one of oak, and one of the elven Elahir tree. As each fell, the forest seemed to shiver its leaves and branches. Tatara swallowed, wondering what was about to happen. The riders drew closer. The wind itself grew still. Suddenly the air filled with thick pollen, falling like winter snow.
2: I've protected us from its effects, my friend,
0: Jaffreen said calmly to Streven.
2: Not your ball once more.
0: And it was true. Tatara didn't feel any blindness or shortness of breath, or even the urge to sneeze. In fact, she was excited, and mortified that there were Dark Knights on ease, but super excited. Streven drew another arrow back and let it forth, then another and another, dropping Dark Nights to the earth with each release. The boy had grown so much in these past years. As the Dark Knight Riders began to cough and sputter, Tatara gathered herself and dove in. Some halted their steeds to regain their breath, wiping their eyes on the thick pollen, while others just viewed wild. That was when she struck. Sometimes the neck, sometimes the eyes, but always in rapid succession. But as the wind began to swell again, the pollen floated off in the breeze. Soon their advantage began to dwindle, and in moments, the dark knights were all around them. Tatara flitted to Jaffreen's side. A crack and snap came from the deep of the wood on their right. She looked over, as she saw Streven peer into the shade between the trunks. Not far off was the beast that caused the disruption. She gasped. Oh no, groaned Streven, turning to face the new threat.
1: Just as the knight warned us, there's a tunnel rapture
0: coming. Jaffreen whirled around crouching down as a Dark Knight blade went overhead.
2: Your bow was all that can save us. I have no time for spells.
0: Tartara raced to the large ranger, <laughs> intending to guard his back. The raptor and its rider tore through the trees. A few paces from Streven, it burst from the thorns out onto Robins Road. He pulled back on his bow for his last chance at a shot. Its string grew fine and taut. Just as the raptor leapt toward him, he let the shaft fly.
2: "Steven!"
0: Screamed Tartara. He wasn't going to make it. The raptor was going to tear him to shreds. She turned her head, unwilling to watch. But Streven's arrow sprang forward with the power of a stampeding herd of wild animals. It pierced the jaw of the tunnel raptor, killing it instantly. The beast crushed its dark elf rider beneath it with a great weight as it fell. The scattered dark knights, who pulled back as the raptor came, regathered. Hearing the roar of the airship, Tartara looked up. Suddenly, she felt a breeze as great bolts ran through several of the dark knight cavalry about them. As their comrades fell, their captain and the remaining Dark Knights made for the wood in disarray, taking what cover they could find, leaving the rangers unhindered. Jaffreen leapt to her feet.
2: Make haste!
0: The airship had begun its descent. The ninja tossed the rope ladder overboard and it draped down the cloud racer's side. Jaffreen grabbed its rungs, and Streven, huffing and puffing, was at her heels in moments. They went quick, despite the strength it probably took to keep hold of the swaying thing as it hovered above the ground. Then once more, the airship began its slow ascent toward the heavens as they continued their climb and Tartara rushed skyward. She darted over the edge and landed on deck as the two rangers clambered aboard, flopping themselves down on their backs. With a deep breath, she thanked the god they were okay. Things were getting a bit dodgy.